0: you're listening to real talk slp with your host elise clark the Deviling speechy this is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the slp world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door Hey, 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 rockstar SLPs. This is Felice Clark, the Dabbling Speechy, and I'm your host of the Real Talk SLP podcast show. Happy New Year. We are officially in 2021. I'm ready to just be in a new year. I don't know about you all, but 2020 was a roller coaster ride that I don't think I ever want to ride again. <laughs> so I'm ready. I'm ready for 2021. And I am going, you know, the Real Talk SLP podcast show, it's one of my goals to come on here, if not weekly, every other week to bring you content for how you can serve your caseload with confidence and serve them well. I know that many of you right now are juggling a hybrid schedule for you know since the start of the year or you just got word that you're going to be in a hybrid schedule for 2 months or the rest of the year and you're kind of going how the heck is this going to happen or how is this going to work and so i know how overwhelming that is to just be thrown a big change and and you're supposed to just juggle it all right and so <laughs> I wanted to do an episode that tied in how to plan for your hybrid schedule, but also give you some practical therapy ideas with using a winter theme, because we are all coming back from winter break and planning therapy right now. It's just kind of like, ugh, you know, you're just you had this two week break. You've been cozy. You've been waking up whenever you wanted. You've been, you know, just enjoying no emails, no IEP meetings. And now you got to jump right back into SLP mode on. And it's just it's hard. So I thought I would ask my friend Lauren LaCour Haines from Busy Bee Speech to come on here and share how she is navigating her hybrid schedule. And she, like me, loves, loves practical ideas and hands-on activities that are related to themes. So she's going she's gonna to hook us up with ideas for winter speech therapy and how to do, make that work with a hybrid schedule. And if you don't know Lauren, uh, she, her and I both started our Teachers Pay Teachers store around the same time. So we've been friends for almost, I think about eight years. And she's, I've met her, she's my in real life friend, and she's the sweetest thing. She's always encouraging. Um, she's my go-to SLP for behavior management ideas, data. I love her fluency materials, and I've used those throughout the years to help my students who are working on their speech fluency. So she is from Louisiana. So shout out to all you Louisiana SLPs. She graduated from Louisiana State University, and she's been a school-based speech language pathologist in the Baton Rouge area for, for many, many years. So she typically works with primary level. She's I think, pre-K to fifth grade. And I hope you guys enjoy her interview with me. So let's head over to her interview. So here is my conversation with Lauren, all about how to plan for a hybrid schedule. Welcome, Lauren, to the Real Talk SLP podcast. Thanks for having me. So glad to be here. I know. Um, I hope you had a good holiday with your family and that you've been able to rest up. Yes, it's been
1: so nice. It's in the right now. We're in the middle of the whole um, between Christmas and New Year, so it's nice and relaxing.
0: <laughs> I know it's like that extra week is such a nice little boost um, and something that I know I've needed. Yes. Yeah. So before we jump into how to plan for a hybrid schedule, I would love if you could share your favorite song that you like to listen to when you need a mood boost. I know a lot of times I've been feeling down about work or things, and I just like to turn on a good song to get me out of the funk. So what is your song that you go to? Okay. So um,
1: I actually have several playlists on Spotify for like random things like starting my day or getting my work done or worship music or like relaxing. Um, And I even have one called bump up the mood because right now you're right. Like it's kind of a seasonal depression or seasonal funk. Sometimes we get in. So this playlist has several like upbeat, positive songs that I love, but I guess if I had to pick just one um, maybe stronger by Kelly Clarkson, (laughs) Um, it's just something that I love to listen to when I spin on my, on my Peloton bike. And I
0: guess the lyrics and the beat just kind of, I don't know, put me in a better mood. <laughs> no, I like that song. I'm totally a, uh, I am a hands down girl pop song, right? <laughs> guilty pleasure, listener, and country pop girl music. Yeah, I i openly share that I'm, that's what I, that's what I like and I listen to. Well, good. <laughs> so. That would be on my playlist, too. Yeah, I definitely have a mood boost. I have a um, a playlist on Spotify for before big IEPs or days where I just have a lot of meetings to help me, like, yeah, you know, remember I'm I can do this and <laughs> I'm strong and, you know, capable. So, yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. All right. So. I am fully remote serving kindergarten through second grade students. I've been fully remote all year, but I keep hearing on social media and just seeing other SLPs out there having to serve students with the hybrid schedules. And I know you have been doing that. Have you been doing that all year? Yes. All year. All year. Yeah. So I would love to know a little bit about how it looks or how some of the SLPs in your district are having to juggle it and just you know, what a typical day might look like for you.
1: Yeah. Okay. So in my district, parents can choose whether they want their child to be virtual or in person. Um, and at the primary level, it's either one or the other, and I'm out of primary school. Middle school and high school, it's a little bit different. They have more of a hybrid schedule to where it's day a day b and they it's like the kids are half the kids go on day a and the other half on b and the the other kids are virtual or whatever so they do both but at the primary level it's just either or and then like the parents can choose and then they can make changes to that learning option every nine weeks (laughs) yeah so they can decide if they want to go virtual (laughs) at the end of the nine weeks or if they want to go back in person so my schedule and the sped teacher schedules are constantly changing (laughs)
0: And then does the master schedule change every nine weeks or is that pretty straightforward after, you know, they figured it all out?
1: No, because there is like students who are in those classrooms that are virtual and in-person in in all classrooms, basically. So there's just like this is a schedule we're using when we have that virtual option. If we ever went into like a fully in-person, back to in-person, then I think the master schedule would change. But right now it's just this crazy schedule.
0: (laughs) And how many kids do you feel are virtual and how many are coming to school? Like what's the ratio?
1: Um, Okay. So we started out with a whole lot more virtual. I think probably about 50% of maybe the SPED kids or maybe more than that, probably 70% of the SPED and speech kids um, were virtual. So most of them chose virtual. But then at the end of the first nine weeks. They all like a lot of them came back and we had very few. But now that the COVID cases, I think, are uptick again, we're going to be seeing we go back after Christmas, a lot more kids like returning back to virtual. So it's just kind of this mix that fluctuates.
0: (laughs) And then do you guys just have regular you know teachers that are either on the hybrid or on the virtual track and then in person? So the if the kid goes to virtual and then comes back to in person, is their teacher going to change?
1: No. Um, every classroom, that student is assigned um, that teacher. and then whether they're virtual or in person, they have that same teacher. So all teachers have both virtual and in-person students.
0: Oh jeez. Yeah. And they have to teach them at the same time. Oh no. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh fun. Um, yeah, that sounds, uh, like very hard. So um,
1: like I serve like both my virtual students and my in-person students at different times throughout the day. And then sometimes a therapist in my district, they'll see the virtual kids in the same groups, like the small groups as the in-person kids, you know, and that's not easy. Like, it's not easy to have to, like, address the students on the computer at the same time that you're trying to address them in your small group.
0: And then for you personally, when you do a virtual session, are you trying to stay in small groups? Are you trying to see them one-on-one? Or is it a combination of both?
1: Certain groups lend themselves better to, like, one-on-one versus small group. An articulation group um, is pretty easy to see them in a little group on virtual sessions. But like my more moderate to severe disabilities or intellectual disabilities, and then maybe my like preschoolers, they do much
0: better one on one. Yeah, I'm finding that as well. That um, I and the parent has to be there, and I've tried. Yeah, and then I still do a little virtual push in during their morning meeting. And it's kind of like my way of saying like, here I am if, cause some of the parents aren't logging on during the small group times when I serve kids. And then the parents that have reached out that they want a smaller session with me. I try to do that for them as well, but it's, I mean, no matter which way you slice it, it's, it's been a lot of hard, uh, change, you know, there's just been a lot of changes and trying to deal with it each week. So I I can't imagine doing both. I think my head would spin. It already is spinning, but just listening to this. So I'd like to know, like, what has been your biggest roadblock with planning therapy with this type of schedule and making it seem a little bit more seamless? I think everything just seems to take longer since we've either been virtual or, you know, or this hybrid model. Everything just takes longer, you know, to plan.
1: Yeah, um, I guess my biggest roadblock would be the scheduling and then having to make those changes constantly um, because it's hard to plan when my schedule is changing every few weeks. Kids end up quarantined that we're in person or I end up quarantined and working from home. So like you have to constantly need a good mix of virtual materials and printable materials. And it's kind of a lot to keep up with because like for my virtual kids, I do like a mix of digital and then like Just good old fashioned holding items and cards up to the screen, you know, and then just like parent coaching is also really big. Um, And my sessions, my best sessions are the ones where the parents are on board. I'm willing to try different things to make therapy more hands on because I always try to do that if I can, especially with preschoolers. And it's just not it's not easy when it's virtual, you know, and then uh, for my in-person students, I do many of my same activities that I normally do. I just try to find ways to keep it sanitary. And then our groups have to be stagnant. So that means I can't pull kids from different classes together that are in person.
0: So you're really doing mixed group because you might have one kid with phonology and another kid with a social skill goal.
1: Exactly. Because I can't pull kids from different classrooms together. They have to stay with their class and all that. But you know what? Like, It's a lot to keep up with, but I'm doing it. We're doing it. And SLPs truly are rock stars right now, as you like to
0: call them, <laughs> especially this year, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yes. I would say even just being virtually, one of my biggest roadblocks is just have... And I work with a more specialized population that have moderate to severe disability. So I do see a handful of older kids and I was, I'm like, okay, this is what teletherapy can look like. Because what I'm doing right now with teletherapy, it's really, it can be really defeating because my kids have limited attention spans. You know, sometimes I'm even like trying to just tell the parent, like, can you try to get them to look at the screen for like... 20 seconds so they could see <laughs> that this green screen activity is going to be really fun. Um, and normally I would never do like tell them to do something like turn their head because yeah, I'll have kids that are just not interested because they haven't seen what I have to offer on the screen. So we're we're working on sometimes getting them to look at the screen and then trying to figure out how to do play-based therapy with the, you know, coaching while coaching the parent like we're just trying all sorts of things. And I, it's, yeah, it's hard. I get it. So, winter season's coming up, and I really would like to give SLPs some practical ideas for how to plan therapy for virtual and in person during the winter season because. It's a perfect theme for January. And I know going back in January, I'm going to be, I'm still burnt out. <laughs> I'm not like necessarily excited about going back to therapy, if I'm being honest. But when I have some ideas to get me jump started and back into the group, I know it makes the transition so much easier. So I would love to know how you're planning for January and February that is making you feel less overwhelmed with everything? Yeah.
1: Okay. So I like to plan monthly and then theme it by week. So I create like a spreadsheet of several books and digital activities, printable resources or interactive games or activities for each theme that I can just pull from. Um, Like, so for example, I have four weeks planned for January. Week one is hot cocoa themed. And then I have books activities and resources linked for that theme and then week two is snow and then weeks three to four are arctic animals i do two weeks for that because i have lots of resources for for those and there's several different cute books for that and then obviously some students need more specific materials for their goals and i always have those evergreen resources on hand as well but like having that sheet of activities that i can refer to throughout the month makes it easy um, and I like to keep a lot of my materials relatively like open-ended so that I can adapt for a variety of goals. And those monthly plans that I have are actually available in my free resource library for anyone who wants to see what I'm planning. I know a lot of therapists do that. And in my opinion, I like to see everyone's to see what I can use, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, is that on, is it on a Google slide or is it a PDF.
1: It's a Google slide.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I've been kind of doing that too, where you can, are you, so it sounds like you're doing the same thing too, where you can link to YouTube videos, you can link to your book cards. Mm-hmm. So it is a theme and you can link to books that you would use. And it is a little bit time consuming in the beginning, especially if you're new to trying to use Google Slides or a new type, you know, putting it all in PowerPoint where you used to just scribble it on a piece of paper. But then next year, you're going to have all those things done. And if you go download Lauren's (laughs) themed monthly plans, they're already pre-done and then you can just add the other things that you have and it makes it a lot easier. And I don't know if you do this too, but I've started this year, especially uploading PDFs to my Google Drive and then linking them to the Google slide, because then you can virtually pull it up, the PDF, just by clicking on the link or print it out if you're going to use it for therapy. I don't know if you knew that, but-
1: Yes, that's great. Right now, they're just linked to the listing on TPT in case you don't have it, but you can always change that, like for, for, if it's a resource- you can always change it and mm-hmm. link it to the actual resource that you already downloaded if you have it.
0: Yeah. And it's a time, it's helped me just adapt what I, I'll put everything on a Google slide. And then I can use that for in person, on a smart board, virtually. And then I've been adding my boom, like whoever's boom cards I've got all on one slide. So I can just click and go. And it's really nice. I know for me, the backbone of all my winter themed activities that I do is based on a book. And that helps me find the tier vocabulary, the verbs, the WH questions, anything, you know, the social language pieces that I could do. So I would love it if you could share a few of your favorite winter themed books for your younger kids, your pre-K to second grade that are really diverse in goals that you can target or some, some of them that you really like that the kids like? Mm-hmm.
1: The pre-K through second is actually the group that makes up the majority of my caseload. So I know we can usually make almost any book work for different ages or whatever, but some of my favorites for that specific age group are Sneezy the Snowman. They love that one. <laughs> <laughs> I and then The Snowy Day and a Froggy Gets Dressed I'm almost done with the new book companion for The Snowy Day that will include a boom card option with it. So it's always nice to have that digital resource that goes along with the printable pack so that you can easily use it for both learning options. So I like The Snowy Day. It's great for the simple sequencing. I like the Sneedy the Snowman book for story grammar elements. It does well with that. And then The Froggy Gets Dressed is um, has lots of different clothing vocabulary and winter words and different things they can use for that. So I like all of those.
0: Yeah, I like um, I like those ones, too. I'm trying to think I kind of have a big range of books I like. And then I just kind of pick the one that I think I'm in the mood to read. <laughs> and Snowy Day is usually one that I like to do. And I like the snowman at night or snowman at work when I'm trying to target snowmen and uh, work, you know, the the community helpers category too. So I love all those ones that you mentioned. So if you're doing in-person therapy with those books, are, you, are I'm sure you're just reading the books to the kids, but then what are you doing when you have to do a virtual session with a book?
1: Either I will play the book on YouTube. They have like those read-alouds on YouTube. You can you can do. Um, or I will just hold the book up to the screen. Or if you have a document camera, that works also. But I, I like to be able to point to the different parts of the book and pictures and stuff. So honestly, that's what I prefer. But if I have if I find like a cute um, YouTube clip of a read aloud, then I'll use that.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I've been using to I tried Amazon Unlimited for the first 30 days and Sneezy the Snowman was on that one. I don't know how much Amazon Unlimited is, but you can read it online and it has, it's real nice and clear on the screen. And then I just share my screen and I use zoom so I can circle things. But I I think pointing with your finger, I don't know. I, I like that better, but that's one way that I've gotten around that. And I found some stuff on get Epic, but I don't think they have as many name brand you know, classic books. Like I I haven't looked if they have Sneezy the Snowman. I have to look, but they do have a lot of good books for my younger students that are, that are simple, one sentence per page. So I've been using that recently and there's a ton of winter themed books on Get Epic. Do you use books? I haven't really checked out books, even though I've heard about it a lot.
1: Yeah, I've, um, I don't, Um, I don't use it, but I've played around with it a little bit, but I don't, it's not a typical thing that I'll use because a lot of them are a little bit longer and I keep like my sessions are, you know, usually about 30 minutes. I don't want to spend a whole lot of the session on just the reading part of the book or the animated video of the book. Cause I like to stop in the middle and discuss it and for my goals or, or whatnot. So I guess I want to make most of my time, but it does, they do have a lot on their library and they're like animated.
0: Oh, cool. Uh, Um, Yeah. Awesome. So Now I want to make sure we cover the older kids. What do you do to incorporate a winter theme with your older students or in, you know, what types of books or therapy resources do you use with, you know, your third to eighth grade? I don't know if you do high school, but.
1: No, um, I have third through fifth because it's a primary school. But for those kiddos, um, the books that I like are like Pierre the penguin is a great one. Um, and I have that companion pack from Whitney SLP, which is a great one. And then I also like the three snow bears by Jam Brett. And I have a companion pack for that one in my store. It's um, kind of like a winter version of Goldilocks and the three bears with a, more of an Arctic theme. Um, so I like to do the comparing and contrasting the regular Goldilocks with that one for my older kiddos. They do well with it. Um, just so it just depends on their goals. What I do. I also have like, some different um mini units so I have one for hot cocoa I have one for arctic animals and I have like some different open-ended sensory bins and worksheets and activities for with those and then like for fluency I have a winter interactive fluency binder and now I've created a digital option for that so I'll use that for my fluency kids and then for articulation you know like The older kids, especially like anything that you make into a competition. (laughs) So We do a lot of like 100 trials and like 50 trial races or get those little like poppers and they'll like try to hit the target. They like any of those. And then I also use the mess out of my winter inferences and text evidence pack. So that one is scaffolded in three levels. And it's easily shareable on screen so that I can use it in both my in-person sessions and my virtual sessions. Cause you can just use Kami or those zoom in patients to add the answers on the worksheet or whatever. And that inferences pack is actually one of the bonus resources in a super cool mega bundle that several of us have put together.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I know your winter inferencing and that one is good because I feel like you can really adapt it to, to other things. And It is based on inferencing, but you could definitely adapt it to verbs answering wh questions summarizing oh
1: for sure and i use um the the scenes i have like several different scenes as part of the picture inferences i use that for everything <laughs> i use it for, like eliciting conversation with my art kids like anything so <laughs>
0: yeah i think the yeah the best thing to do is how can i adapt this for as many goals possible um <laughs> and that's it might be boring for you but the kids, because, you you know, when you pick one theme and you're doing hot cocoa all day long after a while, you're like, OK, I can't do this <laughs> anymore, but it works. So when you're in a bind, I think, yeah, that's kind of where I'll go is like pick a book and then I look to see how can I expand this. So like I love your idea of comparing and contrasting the three snow bears to, you know, Goldilocks and the three bears. So that's like a whole month because you could spend two weeks on one book and then two weeks, or at least one week on one book, Mm -hmm. a week on another book. And then you're comparing it the third week. All it was was two books for therapy. Yep. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think I've learned the most is this year. Not that I didn't do this before, but keeping it simple has helped me, um, like, okay, the fun, the fun extra stuff that I used to sometimes do, that's not happening this year.
1: I know. It's sad. But at the same time, it makes you realize, okay, well, you don't have to do this for a great session, you know?
0: Yeah. Or I have families that they're wanting, you know, some things to do at home. So when I have the time, to get my act together, I will put together some crafts or other activities that I know. And then parent coach them in the session. Like, Hey, this is what I sent home to you. This is what you can do. But that hasn't been easy to find the time to do that stuff. So I've had to just maximize what I do in the moment with the kids yep, and with the parents. And it's, you know, it's probably what the parents can handle too. A lot of parents are struggling as well. So um, before we talk about, I want to talk a little bit more about the SLP must have bundle because your winter inferencing pack is awesome. And if that's in it, we'd like to know a little bit more about that, but do you have any websites or tools that you've been finding yourself using, you know, constant, you know, something that you go to a lot for serving your virtual students that you've also maybe used for in-person therapy as well, or? Um, Yes.
1: Uh, Pink Cat Games is a great one. Um, They have, like, lots of different themed activities on there. There's several different little online websites that I'll use. Um, There's there's some Chrome extensions that are really helpful for the virtual kiddos, too. Obviously, Kami, and then, like, some different other ones, like Dueless and things. Oh, I didn't write these down. So I'm going to have,
0: <laughs> I know, sorry. I can, I can share too. I use Cami. Um, I think if I, one of the things that I've been using a little bit more is screen sharing my iPad. So well, you can do this on your, on your desktop with Cami cause you can write up on a, um, a PDF, but, I use, I'll screen share my iPad and then you can also, you know, put things in your Notability app and then write on the PDF that you have in there and it's screen shared or you can use your apps. I've used, um, I like Sago mini app. There's a bird flyer app. I forget the name of it, but they have a winter version and that's pretty engaging for my younger kids um, that I like, but I'm trying, I use YouTube a lot,
1: so. I know, and then, like, ABCA, I think ABCA now has, um, like, is it ABCA or Pink Cat Games? One of them has, like, you can, like, purchase it now.
0: I don't know. Oh, I I use Pink Cat Games, and I would say those are great because they're themed as well, and then you can just search, and I've been searching for other people's, um, I'll search a topic, like, final content deletion, and somebody's made something, and then I'm use that. So I, that's one of the cool features of pink cat games. And then for the older kids, I've even found qu- quizzes. I think it's Q U I Z I Z Z and they'll do different quizzes that you can do virtually. And if you search, I want to say I searched and found, cause I did it with my own kids at home. They had like baking cookies. Cause that's a theme I like to sometimes do in December or January so, or Kahoot could be a good one for your older kids with a winter theme I don't know if you can search Kahoot though or if you have to make your own quiz
1: I'm trying to remember i I know I every time I've always played it I always add a code and have done it myself
0: yeah so but that's another thing that you could quickly make a Kahoot about a topic that you're doing with your kids so um yeah that's it's been that's been really helpful just to Listen to how you're doing it, Lauren, and I love all the themes of the hot cocoa, the Arctic animals, and then just winter in general can last till probably the end of February. (laughs) Some people do yetis. I haven't done that theme yet, Um, but I do penguins and. Yeah, for the Arctic animals, I'll do like
1: focus on penguins one week and the next week I'll focus on polar bears. So, I don't know. There's a lot of things you can do with it. There's also little like games that you can put with it like don't break the ice or um there's like a, I have a little another little penguin game that I gotten off
0: Amazon. You can do a lot with it. Yeah, penguins are a good theme. Um and they're cute. So, I like oh, what's his name? Tacky the penguin. That's the one yeah. I use every year. That one's <laughs> really good for social language and story retell and all sorts of goals. Um, so yeah, let's talk about this SLP must have bundle. We are both a part of it. It's start, you have one week to purchase this bundle. It's from January 4th to the 11th. And Lauren, you want to share a little bit like what's included and what's why you need to get this deal? Uh,
1: yeah, there are, 10 of us. And we're all top sellers on Teachers Pay Teachers. And we have um, 10 articulation activities, 10 language resources, and then 10 bonus resources that are all... And the bonus resources are winter themed. So you should definitely check it out because I think it's like 75% off.
0: Yeah. I think there's two... I want to... I'll, I, you, you might we might have to <laughs> double check on this but if you buy the Meg, mega bundle you're going to get 10 articulation resources 12 language resources and then 10 winter activities as a bonus and so it's a value of $265 but you're going to get it for 80% off so that's $52 to have all these materials at your fingertips for the winter season and it's such a steal of a deal that you, you got to jump on it. So it's only for a week from January 4th to the 11th. I believe, I'm pretty sure you can also get the other little mini bundles. So you can get, if you're just going, you know what, I have a heavy articulation phonology caseload. I'm going to get that um, bundle. It's only $28 and you're getting over $100 worth of resources. So you can pick and choose, but the mega bundle's the best deal. And Lauren's winter inferencing text evidence pack is in there. And my grammar and vocabulary winter boom cards are in there. And um, yeah, so I think we all picked, at least for me, I picked resources that were either digital, like my digital speech folders for stopping are in there. So that's more of a digital resource. So you can make speech folders for your kids that you can use you know, for planning therapy or to send as asynchronous activities. But then my irregular grammar tracers are a PDF, but you can easily adapt it for virtual. Um, so I don't know. What did you include for your Arctic and language?
1: For my language, I, um, I did my interactive sequencing. There's a boom card option and a printable option that you can use with Velcro. So they're both interactive and, they're in, so, and you can use it for both in person and virtual. Nice. And then for the articulation, I did my digital back to school, like digital baseline data tool for Artic.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Whenever you have good baseline, you always write better goals. At least that's what I've noticed in myself. Yeah. And it works
1: for progress monitoring as well. So I like it. Cool.
0: Yeah, everyone's got progress reports coming up probably I soon. <laughs> I do. So, yeah, so thanks Lauren for sharing all your tips and if you're needing materials that you can that are adaptable for in-person and virtual, you need to get the SLP must have bundle. I will put a link to that bundle in the show notes so that you can access it and, you know, thanks for coming on. No problem. All right. All right. Rockstar SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. And until next time, have a great day.